you know, great players win multiple titles. So that was always my goal. A lot of energy built zero, up zero. both players. Can't wait to get this game underway. Well, that's a very high percentage shot there from Jeremy Dude. Hits that about eight inches high, rides the wall, and hit it about 80 miles per hour. For me, handball has to be up there with one of the greatest sports in the world, and yes, it's been a hidden treasure for years. Hello, handball freaks, and welcome to the world's only and therefore greatest handball podcast once again. Like the boom, the We Are Handball podcast is back, baby. And this week, we're going to be speaking to a very special guest, the All-Ireland 4-20 Senior Singles Champion, Charlie Shanks, who gives his thoughts on the game and the season ahead. On last week's show, I was joined by Killian Carroll, who talked about his life in Trump's America and why the All-Ireland Senior Championship is unique. I also spoke to Katrina Casey, who talked to me about ladies' handball, and you can check out that show online. The big action this weekend is in Crow Park, where the All-Ireland Senior, Intermediate and Minor Doubles final take place in the 6th by 30 court. Next week, we will have a full review of those games with Gavin Buggy, whose stint on episode one of this podcast was very well received. I think we'd all agree that Gavin Buggy is as close as you can come to an expert on the 6 by 30 game at this stage. It was another very busy week on the court at home and abroad. Massive congratulations go to Tyrone's Conor Michael Duff, who took gold in the Spanish one Mall Open, winning no less than 13 games over the weekend in Valencia. So well done to Conor. We'll be keeping an eye on the European one Mall Tour in the weeks to come, and we'll be having some guests on to ask the question of whether the future of international handball is actually in the one Mall code at present. Congrats also to Martin Mulcairns and and Pat Conway of Galway, who won the Intermediate Doubles title in the Big Alley against, against Corks, Daniel Relihan and Michael Hedigan. Well done to the Galway fellas. In other news, the online entry for the Phonocab Golden Gloves at St Paul's is now live. That tournament serves off on the 27th of October, which is a Friday. It runs through till Sunday evening, and a great field has been confirmed in the, the Men's Open. You've got the likes of Robbie McCarthy, Charlie Shanks himself, uh, Jeremy Nash, Owen McKenna, and a whole host of top players. In the ladies, you've got Martina McMahon, Katrina Casey and uh, come back to the court for Ashley Riley as well. So th- that's a very intriguing tournament. Don't forget to check it out on gahandball.ie and don't forget to get your entries in early. Before we move on, congratulations go to Longford handballer Finton Kramer who married his new wife Danielle last week and is flying to Iceland this week for his honeymoon and he's going to miss the Longford Senior Football Final with his beloved Abby Lara in it. We wish you both a long life of health and happiness together and I hope to see you back in the Handball Alley soon, Finton. But before we go any further, we're going to rummage through the mailbag once again and look at the feedback that came in on social media. Thanks to everyone who got in touch, who listened and shared the, the podcast. I threw out the question last week of what we should talk about on this week's show. And as always, and it's great to see it, it turned into a healthy debate about the state of the nation. Ian Griffin was the first man on. He said, try to save the 60 by 30 before it's totally dead. He added, scrap the current system regarding doubles and make it an open doubles championship where players from other counties can team up together and form partnerships. Cormac McMahon said, I see where you're coming from with this, but does the Nationals not cater for this already? Ian Griffin says, if something isn't done soon, there won't be an All-Ireland title. Paddy Donovan came in and says, Dublin does that in the Championship anyway, which I thought was a a funny one. Barry Devlin came on and said, is is he actually serious? Donovan came on again and says, we should talk about the top five greatest handballers of all time, which will be one for a quiet week over the winter for sure. Ollie Conway from Galway, last year's intermediate Big Ali champion, says, maybe a discussion on the different levels of county board assistance provided to handballers in different areas. 
why some are very supportive financially and otherwise and why others are not. Noel Houlihan is a good man to give his thoughts. Noel says, all the championships are way too drawn out. Promotion of competitions is poor. Round robin groups run over a weekend. Only the strongest survive. 2018 Ford 20 Senior Championships should be seen as the road to Minnesota. All-Ireland champions in singles and doubles should be our marquee players. I would say that the All-Ireland Senior Champions are our marquee players and I think Crow Park have done a very good job with limited resources in, in pushing that whole end of things and you can see that with the website where the senior players are extremely prov- prominent. Noel says increase affiliation price per, play- per player and use the money to invest in promotion and coaching. Organise more weekend style competitions. Again, I agree with you on that Noel but the claw is the problem. It's very hard to get any more weekends in that claw. Gavin Buggy, bring back the message board. Brian Daly says, Promotion of the greatest game in Ireland, just edge in hurling. Don Carroll from Cork. Why can't we get handball results on sports news like hockey, cricket, etc. on RT news bulletins? After all, we are GEA. Paul Brady should be a household name all around the country, not just in handball circles, the greatest that ever played the game. I tend to agree with you there, Don, as well. Uh, and again, it's a matter of resources. Michael Wells from, from Minnesota in the USA great handball man who does an awful lot of coaching in there in, in Minnesota. He said, I think it would be interesting for coaches in the US to understand how the GA community-based system develops its talent. We were in Ireland this past June and stayed in Duncannon, which I believe is in County Wexford, for a few days. There was a court there alongside the hurling pitch. When I asked some of the young ladies how often it was, it was used, they said very infrequently, I was surprised Ireland has been developing more young players than the US for a while now. Yeah, some, some courts are inactive, Michael, but I think the, the main reason that, that the game has got strong at juvenile level in this country is because of the great work that's going on by coaches all around the country. A lot of clubs are really putting in a big effort with juveniles and that, that's starting to bear fruit and maybe that's the problem in, in the United States. The, the, just the effort is not going in. Neil McDermott, why don't more GA clubs promote handball? That is the big one. There should be at least 1,000 active handball clubs in the country. There was no push from the top of the GA to get people playing handball for fear they might not play football or hurling anymore. And that is the attitude in GA clubs too, in many GA clubs too. It's hard to argue with that from Neil. There, there were hundreds of old outdoor rallies around the country, so there was a tradition of handball in hundreds of parishes, if not over a thousand at one time. Uh, when the game went indoors in the 1950s, as it had to, the, the price of progress was that the game lost visibility and it died off in a lot of areas. But... I agree that maybe the GEA themselves need to put more of a push on. Then again, maybe the GEA feel that they're doing enough for handball. They have written off some big debts in handball and they they are contributing quite a bit of money every year when it's put down. Pat Murphy came on and says, there are four handball clubs within a 10-mile radius of me that are in strong GEA clubs. No handball being played. All seem to have a fear of handball interfering with, with hurling. And he lists out the clubs and that is it's a pity to see that. A brilliant suggestion came in from Niall McGrath from Roscommon. We said we should talk about the effect of urbanisation on handball clubs. Clubs in the West are dying due to adult players moving to work in major cities, i.e. Dublin. I'd love to hear Angus Cunningham on the podcast talking about his experience with Comans, etc. Our club used to have six to eight senior intermediate players. I think there may be one living there now. Gary McNulty said, great idea. I know in my area of Dublin there are handball players from all over the country, but the nearest clubs of courts are the other side of Dublin. Meant to be building a GA centre of excellence nearby, but no handball courts. Pat Murphy agreed with Noel Holohan. He says, by tightening up championship period, it would allow for more tournaments. Tournaments run by clubs, county or province. I think clubs have to take more responsibility. Most of my younger handball days were spent playing tournaments in local clubs. It was great fun and was the real social side of handball. Clubs were full of players who had little or no interest in All-Ireland titles. Pat, 
you're preaching to the choir there and it goes back to the, the great analogy that Tony Healy made on episode one of the podcast, which was, it's like giving a child ice cream. They're not going to say no. If you offer an All-Ireland grade, be it a B grade or a C grade or whatever it is, players are going to play it and there is only so much time available to play handball and that is why the club game has suffered and, and for no other reason other than that because there are so many grades on offer and I know I keep banging the same drum as Sean Devine keeps reminding me but I f- it's something I feel, feel very strongly about. Michael Wells talked about having a world tournament preview with Steve Johnson which from the organising committee and I think that's definitely something we will do. Jerry O'Neill from Belfast says 60 by 30 is already dead just nobody's bothered to scatter the ashes I'm afraid. Paddy Donovan says to Jerry, see you at Golden Gloves. Be interesting to see how those who have played 60 by 30 all summer do. I think uh, that's a little bit harsh by Jerry O'Neill. 60 by 30 is certainly not dead. There's an awful lot of 60 by 30 alleys around the country. There's an awful lot of players. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't think the game is dead. Charlie Shanks has some interesting things to say about that later on in the podcast when he talked about the huge humble population there was in Belfast in the 1990s. Fortunately, they didn't have a 60 by 30 court. And as, as that population aged a little bit, the 60 by 30 game in Ulster missed the boat and didn't get those fellas playing the game. Bernie Hennessy from Limerick, speaking of 60 by 30, former senior champion, put up some interesting ideas. She said, could we ask some of our current top senior players to speak from the heart about the current state of the game? That's what we're trying to do, Bernie. We've had Killian Carroll, Katrina Casey, Charlie Shanks is on today. We've had Gavin Buggy and Tony Healy and some of the top seniors and there will be more coming on. She says, should Irish handball players form a players association to represent them? Maybe so, maybe so. Interview the GEA president about how they, the GEA could help improve our game financially, etc. Again, the GEA, as far as I know, underwrote a debt running into the hundreds of thousands, many hundreds of thousands a couple of years ago. So possibly we've used up all our brownie points with the, with the overall body on that one. Noel Hoolahan got into a little bit of a, of a debate with Cormac McMahon about the scoring system. Players should score points on opponent serve, like in badminton, tennis, etc. Games would be much quicker. Eddie Sharuga, great man from Melbourne, a good player, very good player, in fact, who once beat Tom Sheridan in the World Championships in, in Melbourne in the 80s, little known fact. He says, I think handball can partner as a catalyst for acceleration of introduction and further presence. Maybe skate parks and the like. That sounds a bit like corporate speak to me, Eddie, but thanks thanks for getting in touch. Pat Conway came on and said, I think a good topic would be to improve 6 with by starting up a county championship where the four best big alley players come through in a county playoff and then county by county, county v county after that. It would give a chance to club players that may be at that level but have nobody else in the club at the same level to go and play the team event. That There used to be a national league along those lines and I thought that was, that was a good idea decent suggestion but i think there has to be a way of in- increasing the quality of the game and promoting the game in general without bringing in more grades we definitely seem to have enough grades connor duff from tyrone i believe the handball should break away from the ga the treatment and support that the ga has showed handball has to be minimum at best other sports like basketball and cricket receive more government funding handball receives very little government funding because it's under the ga flag sports such as cricket and basketball are doing better because they are not influenced or talked down to by other sporting bodies and make their own decisions. Handball has always been the poor relation of the GEA. Time to cut the strings. Interesting point, Connor. I wouldn't totally agree. I know our own handball club in Cavan received a grant for €70,000 from the Sports Capital Grant a couple of years ago and we're in the process of doing up the handball courts there. So effectively that was government funding and €70,000 goes an awful long way in a club. In terms of the GEA, my understanding of it is that they 
contribute over 250,000 euro every year to run the, the sport of handball and every three years they pay the whole cost of the world championships in terms of sending a team and when it's hosted they, they cover all the costs of the world championships for hosting as well so I don't think we're getting that raw with from the GA I think there's a lot of um, goodwill out there but maybe we just need to tap into it uh, Ollie Conway says the issue of sponsorship is also a problem our club is sponsored to a degree by a local business and our jerseys have that name in them however when we play outside of the county which usually happens without any or very few games we're expected to wear the Supermax sponsored jersey which is the Galway GA jersey the way I see it if Supermax wants to fund my club then I wear the jersey but I think I should be allowed to promote our sponsor without whom my club would be in trouble again this argument ties in with the issue of county board funding etc thanks very much Ollie for, for your contribution there and it's, it's a very good point that you make Pat Conway says that he feels Interclub is a waste of time for, for promotion purposes and that he was involved in an Interclub programme of games where there was there was uh, next to nobody in terms of supporters at the game. And I have to agree. I think the Interclub is great. Our club uh, played it and won a couple of lesser titles, Junior B and Junior titles in, in Interclub. And it's, it's nice to win them. But I do think it's a competition that has probably run its course. I think the Interclub genuinely could be scrapped um, and that the, the weekends that it takes up could be used for something else, be that development squads for top juveniles, be that promotional events. No matter what it is, we do need to find more space in the floor and I think the, I think the Interclub could go. Chris Corn asked Brexit, how are Tyrone players going to head down south and win all our titles when it's signed and sealed? And a, a smiley face on that. Good question. Brexit is going to have a big impact on the GA if it ever comes in, but my suspicion is that it won't come in at all okay so that's all the feedback we received this week thanks to everyone who listened to liked and shared the podcast next up is charlie shanks and i started by asking him about a new idea he has for a senior ranking system across all four codes of handball well i suppose you know there's been the big alley that's been around for a long time Hardball as well, and then Border Twenty became uh, a dominant game, and I would say the emergence of one. Um, it's just you know the current format is you have essentially four all Irelands each each for each code, and um, there's no there's just an individual ranking sort of system for each code as well. There's no there's no crossover, and when you look at the GA and you look at, you know, you have the All-Iron Football Championship and the All-Iron Tournament Championship, it's very hard to explain to someone who the All-Iron Handball Champion is. four different All-Iron Handball Champions. So it's kind of like we don't fit, our, our game doesn't really fit in with the current um, GA sort of competition structure. And you need to look at it, look outside of handball, outside of GA and, and look at similar sports and, and see how they manage their different codes. Uh, and and learn from it, and I suppose tennis is one of the obvious uh, higher-profile sports, which is um, it has a similar setup to handball. Yeah, and and taking taking you as an example, we'd say as a player that is is in based in, in the north, and there's a, not a lot, whole lot of six by thirty courts. What would it take to entice a player like you? We'd say. Maybe not at this stage of your career, but if you maybe when you were starting out at senior level, what would it have taken to to get you to turn around and focus on six by thirty the way you did on forty by twenty? Uh, I'd say court was like thirty forty five minutes of where uh, where I was based. I think it was interesting 
you know, over the years, is you look at Belfast and you look at the handball population that was in Belfast in the 90s and early 2000s. And, you know, there was hundreds of players that were playing across 10, 12 different courts. And those guys were playing the 6 30 championships in the summer. They were traveling, you know, to, uh, maybe a three-hour round trip midweek just to get a 6 30 game in. So there was a player base there to, you know, to increase the number of players playing 6 30 and uh, all it needed was a court to be built, and you know, it was within the, within reach of Belfast, and that would have that would have maybe tripled the numbers of uh, people playing in, in the Ulster Championships, yeah. just by virtue of the handball population in that area. So, you know, it doesn't take well. Of course, when you look at the cost of it, it does take a fair bit, but it doesn't. The guys want to play um, play the different codes. It's just. Is it um, is it feasible for them? You know, um, so I guess that's why you see a lot of the Belfast guys now playing playing one wall during the summer because uh, it's a lot easier. There's courts, one wall courts in Belfast to access to. So at the moment, you mentioned earlier on the overall GA structures, Charlie. Where uh, in football in Ireland, the championship is a long drawn out affair and it's set over a whole summer. And handball traditionally copied that model. Possibly because we didn't have the facilities in place to run a lot of games in a, in a short space of time in one complex. We have that now, and I know you're, you're, you have a strong opinion on it that there should be more of these weekend-style tournaments, even the All-Ireland Championship itself. Um, yeah, I definitely think like the provincial championship should be run in, in one weekend, singles and doubles, across all the grades. I think if you look at the number of officials that we have sitting in provincial councils, uh, provincial committees and and county committees and club. There's a very small small group that we have doing doing those jobs in club county right through the places seeing people. And those guys, the burden for those guys in making fixtures and then those fixtures getting calls that you know uh, certain players can't play and that's that day or you know the games haven't been arranged. It's just a, a huge overhead for a small number of officials. Uh, to, to have to um, to have to take care of, and one way of of taking that burden away from those officials is is weekend tournaments, and obviously then you get a lot of other benefits from the promotion end, where um, you're getting people together over a weekend. There's, there's it's not just about the competition. There's also a bit of uh, socialising involved there, and. You know, I think it's I think it's a no-brainer. Like you know, the facilities in years gone by, the facilities weren't there. The facilities are there now. You know, and also there's at least three venues um, alone that could hold weekend tournaments. Three, three areas alone. Yeah, yeah. So you'd like to see the championships move to that weekend format? I suppose you have a lot of experience of that from playing, particularly in the states, and it is a format that works very well. It probably just takes a it's going to take a bit of a mind mindset change among the handball population just to move to that. Yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know quite about the All-Iron Championship, I like, to, I like to think when it gets to the semi-final and final, that's, that's spread out. Um, but definitely the eventuals, you know, there's no reason why um, they shouldn't be played the weekend, you know. And the, the hot topic in Hamble at the minute, and I know I, I get some flack on social media about this, and I kind of made a pledge that I'd stop talking about it, but there's so, there's so many grades in handball, um some people think it's great, and there was a lot of comments on on Facebook as I was talking about earlier on the podcast. Some people think that it's it's wonderful and handball is a game for life, and why not? And some people actually think there should be more grades. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Charlie? And 
I know I know you you'd be keen not to make it sound like a top senior player of dictating to anyone else, but do you think that they're that handball all Ireland medals are handled out too easily, or do you think it's just about right, or what, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm not too quite sure what I you know do I understand the argument. I know this argument has been made in the past where you know, it was the fact that there's so many other grades and so many other Ireland medals out that somehow the team value the the elite level the, the senior players and I, I, I don't see that um, I, you know I think the more grades we have and the more people playing is, is healthy for the sport um, but I, I do get the argument where you know there's no point in having the Iron Championship with two or three people in it I, I think there is if, you know there has to be um, there has to be a, a you know a sort of threshold in number of players would have to participate in a, in a grade before that championship would be eligible to run. Yeah. I think that's one one way of doing it. Um, I like you know, you know, I, I think handball is unique in in that it, it does have the junior league and has the junior has intermediate and, and there is a, a ladder there for for players uh, players in the twenties to progress and and you know they can see how they're progressing through the grades and it's it's a goal and target for them. I think I'd be all for that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I understand your point there that there's a pathway for players to progress there, but I would argue that that nobody is in favour of taking away the pathway. It's just sort of moving it over, moving the ladder to a different side of the house, if you want, if you like. Whereas, uh, like you said, that it's, it's all about participation and you need to keep people playing, but um, I'd put it to you that we don't necessarily want to stop people playing absolutely not but why does everyone have to play for an All-Ireland do you think that's a big factor in that keeps people playing because they can? it's an All-Ireland they can play for rather than anything else uh, I guess I guess that any, any, any sports person at any level playing any sport wants to maximise their potential and that's no different for um you know, uh, players in other grades, they want to maximise their potential, and, and one way they can see they're doing that is if, if to win it all. And you know, I just don't get, you know, I just don't get how big calling grades or or pushing, you know, moving the all Ireland into other competitions. I just don't see, you know, like if you were to leave it to clubs to organise competitions at national level, I, I, you know, I just don't see um, handball is, is kind of like a a small population playing and I think these national competitions are required in order to have junior league players from Cork and Kerry playing junior league players from Antrim and, uh, and, and Tyrone otherwise I don't see how else that could happen and if it didn't happen I, I think it would be a backward step for the game the, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about Charlie is we often hear on handball and we, we discuss it at length when if handball is going to break into the mainstream, if what does handball need to do if it needs to break into the mainstream? I sometimes think that handball is not going to break into the mainstream, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to we need to just accept that. But what we need to worry about is how we can get handball to the next level. It doesn't necessarily have to be the mainstream, but it might be just the next stream up. What what do you think? Uh, what changes would you like to see in the game that would maybe increase media uh, exposure and generally bring the game on? Um, I suppose there would have to be some sort of structure in how um, handball talks to the media. Um, I think at the minute it's it's very fragmented, and you have 
sort of humble, you have journalists, humblers, uh, writing articles, um, sort of uh, freelancing writing articles here and there. And there's no sort of coordinated structure to promote the game on a, on a weekly basis um, to multiple national newspapers, or even to local newspapers. You know, if if um, if uh, I think it was Tag O'Neill won the online this year. Yeah, in, in the minor, yeah. In Colac, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think if G.A. Hamble could, you know, could forward on, like, pictures and 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 some sort of results to the local newspaper in the Cork area, you know that, you know that's you know starting promotion in the local area and then kind of build it up into the national newspapers as well. I you know I, I guess again you know it's, it sort of has to come from um, a sort of uh, has to be a sort of central structure there and how they're going to deal with the media opposed to just wanting the media to look on the website and. And, and pick up information. But I understand there's limited resources in the office as well, and yeah, there's only so much those guys can do with what they have. Yeah, I, think, I, I tend to agree with you. I think the resources are probably the issue there. Like, I think I think what the, the full-time staff have done there was with web streaming of games and the general yeah. improvement in presentation has, has had. Yeah, just the web streaming alone of games is, is is brilliant. You know, a lot of. People are consuming a lot of news now about social media and, and the fact that um, Gia Hamball is is progressive enough and is um, is you know it just basically keeps them keeps their foot in the door, suppose it with proper uh, sports. And, and on a personal level, Charlie, um, you achieved the goal that you that you had held for a long number of years. I, I hope you don't mind me saying at one stage you were sort of the Mayo of handball and that you you got to so many other finals, lost a few closest, but you kept coming back and kept coming back, and you played the, the handball of your career to to win that All Ireland Four by Twenty Senior Singles. Um, I suppose you you won't say it that it, it it defines your career now, but you've got that major under your belt, and uh, where do you go from here? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just um, you know I think. That week of the All Ireland, um, uh, in the run up to the game, I was thinking if I lost this one, that was that would probably be done. I wasn't sure if I could go through it all again. Uh, I haven't come so close two years previous, and then the previous year, you know, I've been beaten um, so badly. It just you know, just um, it requires an awful lot of commitment, an awful lot of sacrifice from from a family point of view and from a career point of view, and um, just you know, to suffer another defeat and then to try and do it the following year again. I don't think I could have done it, so um, I was relieved. I suppose the motion, the overwhelming emotion after winning was one of relief, I suppose, to of joy. So um, yeah, just relieved to have, to have got one. Yeah, and I suppose there'll be there'll be uh, when you get the taste for it, you're you're probably thinking to yourself, if I can continue this sort of format, you can get to another two or three. Yeah, well, I suppose the last four or five chances I've played in, it's all. It's, Five much my boys been twin the line, twin the line. So I got a one one. It's um, it's kind of you know where yeah where do you go? And I guess I'm just trying to figure that out now myself. And sort of back training and Golden Gloves coming up in a four weeks time, and then followed by the Irish National. So I'll play those two events and, and then I'll assess things after that. And one one final question I'd like to ask you, Charlie. And for younger people listening to this as well, it might be of particular interest. What changed in your approach or in your build-up or in your execution of your of your 
game plan in the All Ireland final this year. Like you're you're the same Charlie Shanks with the same shots and probably the same condition and everything else, but yet you you went in and delivered one of the best performances of your career and, and won that All Ireland. Could you put your finger on what changed? Uh, there wasn't any one thing. Um, I um, I'd done a I'd done a sort of I changed a lot of small things and not, nothing was rocket science. You know, it was, it was um, yeah. There's, there's I guess there's no one thing. There was a, a few three or four different things, and I suppose for, uh, I'd probably want to keep those secretive <laughs> <laughs> while I'm still competing anyway. <laughs> I might do another podcast with you in three or four years, and you can tell me the the, the tricks of the trade. <laughs> Okay, so that was Charlie Shanks, and I want to say thanks to Charlie for taking the time out to talk to us. He'll be returning to action at the Phonocab Golden Gloves at the end of this month, so as I said earlier on, check this out. I hope the sound quality was okay on that interview with Charlie, because we didn't have access to the studio, so it was recorded on the move. Okay, so that's all we have time for on this week's We Are Handball podcast. Until next week, don't forget to like, share, and listen, most importantly, to the the podcast. Spread the word, and tune in next week as we try to hear the voices of more handball players from around the country.